0: Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of The Daily Friend Show. I'm your host, Nicholas Lorimer, and today I'm joined by Mr. Marius Reut. Marius, I believe you have not had electricity since Wednesday or, or, or
1: something. Yes, that's it. Uh, it's the, uh, I mean, I think our CEO, John Andrews, said it. The, when you hear the generators and don't see any lights, the rhythms of a slowly failing state It's all quite nice. Mm-hmm. But I've been, been assured we'll get electricity back on Monday, which is quite nice. So only, only about five days in the electricity. Okay. So uh, yeah, he's just also charging my uh, little lights. I can read at least a bit later.
0: Okay, well, good to have you with us. Uh, and we're also joined by Mr. Michael Morris. Michael, how are you?
2: Mm, I'm very well, thank you. Very glad to say that um, I don't have the power problems that, that Morris has. And it kind of brings home to you, you know, you. Um, I, I, I was thinking to myself, you know, if if, if we hadn't, get, we're facing a weekend without electricity in this suburb, it'd be, you know, Possibly riots in the street. Three people might be throwing lemons <laughs> at, at passing municipal trucks, or something like that. But um, but what you know, it just brings home to you that when things are really bad, you you actually just have to adjust to them. You do, um, and it's it's quite horrific, actually. You know that that I mean, the prospect of facing the whole weekend without electricity. All strength, That's All I can say. Thank you.
0: Well, my my house had close to a week week without uh, (laughs) electricity, Um, but it was luckily while I was house-sitting for someone else, so I didn't have to endure it. Thank goodness. Um, But with that sort of setting the scene of, I think, where we are as a country, let's talk a little bit about uh, Mm. the most interesting political development of the week. And this is the formation of the multi-party charter for South Africa, which is I'm just going to say not the most exciting name in the world, but uh, this is the one they agreed upon rather than Moonshot Pact or Rainbow Coalition or or Wild Dogs or whatever the the alternatives were. Um, It consists of the Democratic Alliance, the IFP, the Freedom Front Plus, Action SA, the United Independent Movement, uh, a Spectrum National Party, the Independent South African National Civic Organization. And the idea behind this thing is to create basically a framework for coalitions going into 2024. So this will be the core of an anti-ANC coalition if it gets enough votes. So I'm just going to read little bits from this charter. There's kind of some interesting things in here. Um, The signatory political parties to this agreement will contest elections as individual political parties that will present their unique offerings to the South African people. It is acknowledged that while the signatory political parties form part of this multi-party charter, For South Africa, each party is an autonomous decision-making entity. They listed their priorities for government. They say growing the economy and creating jobs, ending load shedding, achieving law and order, ensuring quality education, delivering basic services through high quality infrastructure, building a professional civil service that delivers to all and ends catered employment, ensuring quality healthcare for all within a caring healthcare system, building a social relief framework for South African households living in poverty. Uh, They listed some shared governing principles. They said the South African constitution, the rule of law and equality before the law. This is quite an interesting one. Decentralizing power to the lowest effective level of government. Accountable, transparent government with zero tolerance for corruption. Capable government that spends public money efficiently to develop quality services for all. Uh, An open market economy. Caring government. Policies guided by evidence that they produce results for society. Uh, I always think that those ones are like a nice idea. In uh, an idea like that is nice when you hear it, but actually in reality, it's a little bit more complicated than that. Um, Redress our unjust past by promoting non-racialism and universe and unity in our diversity. Uh, they say therefore we will not entertain working any working arrangement or co-governing agreements with the ANC EFF or any rival formations, <clears throat> and we will not vote for any office bearers of the ANC and EFF nominated either directly or indirectly at any inaugural meetings the national assembly national council provinces and provincial legislatures so this is not just a coalition framework for the national government it also applies to uh, the provinces our mission is to unseat the ANC keep out the EFF usher in a multi-party government following the 2024 national and provincial elections Uh, they talk about some principles of sharing public power coalitions cannot be stable if power sharing is purely dealt with on a level of dividing of positions between coalition partners Long-term coalition stability can only arise where power sharing transcends the superficiality of a focus on positions and achieves the principle of co-governance—a system of coalition which results in a genuinely multilateral program of government. So they've come up with this system where everyone will like make a, a mani, uh, they'll, they'll, they'll make a collective manifesto which will have input mm-hmm. from every political party involved in this multi-party coalition. Um, they'll revise the national development plan, which is supposed to be the government's kind of. Plan for how uh, to, you know, develop the country, um, and translate this into a five-year term of office national provincial plan, annual budgets, and departmental plans. There will be a system of monitoring and evaluation framework, which will be developed to ensure key performance areas are identified. There is. Uh, no requirement that the leader of the largest party is de facto to be nominated for the position of president. So this suggests that the DA is willing to hold back on chasing after the presidency regardless of whether they're the biggest party or not. Uh, However, it does say the largest party in a coalition in the National Assembly that arises from this agreement and that does not hold the position of president of the republic will hold the position of leader of government business which is usually the deputy president. So basically the DA is conceding here that if they don't get the presidency, if the coalition doesn't want to have the presidency, they will at least get the deputy presidency and maintain the uh, 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 an enhanced role, so like a, a powerful deputy president. Um, they basically then say, you know, this thing can only be dis, uh, dissolved by um, consensus decision of the other signatory parties. Okay, so a lot to talk about there. Um, Another interesting thing that we can talk about is that uh, they asked for submissions about policy, um, and the IRR did submit uh, some policy ideas, uh, which, uh, you know, we talk about regularly on the show, what kind of ideas we're interested in here. So, um, Michael, what do you make of this? I mean, I think that this is a pretty solid framework for the complex thing that they're trying to do, right, which is hold together a government which would be consisting of a lot of different political parties which have... In some cases, quite big disagreements with each other, particularly um, uh, not just on policy, but especially on personality lines. However, you know, there's a couple of like signatories here, like the Spectrum National Party, Independent South African National Civic Organisation. I don't think they have any seats. What do you say? Certainly, don't have any seats in Parliament. And the question kind of needs to be asked: You know, is this going to make? Uh, is you know, is this going to make the distance? What do you make of this?
2: Mm. Um I think it you know a number of important points um to be made in point, important points that you've raised. I think the first thing is you know, it, it, we, we're not looking for, for nirvana. It's not, we're not gonna have a, a, a solution delivered, signed and sealed and packaged neatly. But I think this is, I, th- I mean, personally, a, a remarkably good start. I think it's a very good sign that they managed to sit down for two days. They managed to work out a, a kind of joint program of action here more or less in principle. We hear words like effective, capable, and I'm just kind of looking at some of the comments um Dirk faike talking about the tentacles of anti patronage uh moonchild talking about the um, you know the, we, we, the, the real problem is we 've got to get together and 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 kind of work on a solution and 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 resist all the rubbish um is talking about specifics where 's the plan i think we 're seeing the sort of basis of this um in, in what seems to be a pretty level-headed measured approach to really finding a solution. Um, I, I certainly do think that one has a sense of these parties recognizing that there's something greater than positions and power and, and all the trappings that, that, that come with political life or potentially, um, and that's that's a good sign. We, it's now up to us, really, I suppose, to hold these parties to account um and and pay attention to them i think it's important for us for you know south africans to pay attention to this this uh, this formation. Somebody made a, 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 an amusing comment: earlier. Malema must be must be jealous with all the attention that this uh, coalition is getting." And but it's 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 showing actually that there's you know something really worth paying attention to. This is this is what's been happening this week. Um, we're going to go on and talk a little bit about about the IRL's contribution. But as a general comment, I think yeah, I think it's a very a very potentially uh, important development. Very encouraging. So,
0: Marius, there, were a bunch of, there was a, lot, a bunch of speculation in the lead-up to this that you know, this thing might have some very thorny issues that it wouldn't be able to agree upon, like, for example, whether the EFF would also be included in the uh, uh, agreement not to work with other political parties, and whether um, you know, the DA would be willing to give up the position of president because they're very likely to be the largest party in this, in this coalition. So, firstly, just your thoughts in general on it. But it seems like, at least on the surface, All of those kind of potential pitfalls and serious areas of disagreement have been ironed out. And I think this is what they're trying to do is quite difficult. You know, they're going to have to perform very well in the election to actually make this work. But if you were going to make it work, this seems like the best way to start it. What do you make of all this?
1: Yeah, I think it's a good foundation. Uh, I don't think uh, these parties together will get 50% of the votes in 2024. I mean, it's obviously not impossible, but it's highly improbable. I mean, as it stands, the DA plus Freedom Front plus uh, and plus the IFP gives you maybe. I think they probably probably collectively maybe 27 or 28 percent of the votes in uh, Parliament at the moment. Uh, obviously, as you say, the other parties, Spectrum National Party and UIM, and so on, don't have parliamentary seats uh, in the 2024. I don't know if they will get. Actually, they will definitely get into Parliament, but you know, who knows how much sort of the vote they're going to get? You know, as it, it stands, probably around about five percent would be my guess. So I think at the moment this. Uh, Chartered together, even in 2024, is probably going to be sitting with about maybe 35% collectively, 40% on the outside. So I think, you know, this is more, I think, a framework to build an opposition coalition that can get to power in 2029. I think 2024 is too early. But that said, <coughs> I think in the and KwaZulu Natal, this is where uh, the, the, these parties do have a chance of power, especially in KwaZulu Natal with this uh, coalition or this. Um, partnership between the DA and the IFP. And even in Gauteng, uh, at the Gauteng DA provincial conference, I think it was uh, last weekend, uh, Helen Ziller uh, said that, uh, according to or maybe it was John Stenners, anyway, one, one of the two of them said, according to polling now in Gauteng, the moonshot parties or whatever you want to call it, together at 48% of uh, the votes. According to this polling, obviously this is you know just a snapshot, it's not a prediction or whatever. So even in Gauteng, these parties have a really good shot at power, and that's going to be the real draw We've seen that the opposition has taken uh, some municipalities across South Africa from the ANC, and we've seen they've been, you know, places have been, they've been difficult to run, and there've been lots of problems, and they've also, I mean, Jo'burg and Ekereleni were run by the DA, and they were taken back by the ANC and Nelson Mandela Bay. So even once you get into power, it's, it's very tricky, and it's very hard, but overall, this is a good foundation. I like what they say, but the devil's in the detail. You know, it's, as a lot of these kinds of things, we want to do all these, uh, we want more <clears> nice <throat> things and uh, fewer bad things. That's great. That's what we all want. Right. But how are we going to get there? And I think that's what uh, the, as I say, that's the devil in the detail. And just with Dirk van Niekhoek's comments where he said, uh, the patronage network is so deeply entrenched in all spheres I think incoming governments will be paralyzed from day one. That might be true, but what should we do then? Throw our hands in the end and say, cool, you know, <coughs> we mustn't try, try, you know, try yeah. to get, uh, get into governments it's going to be, we've seen how that's happened in municipalities. It's very hard for opposition parties to run these municipalities. And we know from anecdotal evidence and from, you know, uh, actual news reports that there are ANC caters or people who just, you know, don't like the opposition parties who work to make uh, government uh, difficult when it's uh, municipalities municipality gone to, has been lost by the ANC and so on. You know, this happens, but you, you've got to, there, there are ways of getting around this. And I think as people see that, uh, uh, Things can be run better by the opposition, you know, then more votes start going to them. We've seen what's happening in a couple of places. Uh, I think Cape Town is showing, actually, DA governance pretty well. Uh, Mgani and uh, KwaZulu-Natal, I think Chris Papas down there, is doing a very good job. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, uh, as I said, it gives me a lot of hope, but I think uh, 2024 is going to be too soon for this opposition pact. I think 2029 is where uh, it's really when It's got a real chance, I think.
0: So, you know, there are, um, I agree with you that, you know, saying, oh, we want to do good things and not do bad things. I mean, obviously, there's quite a bit of that in the things I read out. But there are some things that we can say are a little bit more kind of specific and suggest a direction. Uh, Ending a catered appointment and including professionalizing the public service is, you know, I think, I think... uh, uh, a real thing decentralizing power to the lowest effective level of government that's very much an ideological change from the way things are currently run um an open market economy and a commitment to that is also a uh a sign that this is an ideologically distinct block from the ANC because I think a lot of these things they say you know when, when they, you kind of try to have these broad <laughs> church consensus things they end up just being a lot like with the ANC but not corrupt and that never works <laughs> never at yeah. all mm. um uh, I, I think it's quite interesting, you know, so we don't really know what will happen in the national election, but it's, it's a bit of a long shot that this thing is going to be able to, uh, to, to you know, beat both the ANC and the EFF. Um, but as Mario says, Michael, um, this really is a framework, I think, for the provinces. And it suggests that yeah. especially the DA and the IFP are going to have, I think, a pretty good time working together um, if this thing holds. Uh, I am a little bit, you know, they, they do say that they're going to have to put together this manifesto that everyone will contribute to. Um, and that's, like, obviously, I think a good idea of how to manage the thing. But I can very easily see problems arising when they actually try to put that together. Uh, what do you make of the things Maurice and I have said?
2: Mm, difficult. A difficult uh, uh, challenge, I think, is as, as your last point, you know, putting together what it is that they can all say this is what we agree to or what we believe in. Um, but I think what seems to be taking shape is the idea that one thing they do believe in is the virtue of working together to achieve a better result, a much better result on the basis of really quite simple things, quite effective things, being you know capable government, responsive and so on, and devolving power to... Um, institutions or the level of government where where it actually can uh, uh, function most effectively, and I think in this, in, I, I'm sure, Marius is right, and there's a great deal more about the, the political scene than I do. But the, 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 you know, if even if there isn't this dramatic change that maybe a lot of people are, are, are foolishly hoping for in 2024. Um, or optimistically hoping for the, what we might well see between twenty four and twenty nine is an increasing demonstration of the of the coalition's capacity on a smaller scale, and I think that could be a very powerful um, symbol, a very powerful example uh, to voters who might be doubtful uh, and and skeptical. Um, and I think it's uh, it it, w- it will also likely focus the the minds of the uh, Participants in the coalition um, to really steel themselves, not to, to, to have stupid disagreements about petty things, but really to focus on uh, making substantive changes that that really do help help people and make it make a change in the in the in the lives of ordinary people. Um, and I think if we see that, we could see a, quite a significant uh, momentum build uh, after after 2024. So, I mean, at the moment obviously we were focusing on everything leading up to 2024, but the potential is that what, what we could be looking at is the beginning of a momentum, which could be very effective. So, uh,
0: yeah, I, I think one thing, though, uh, is that if there is a, it going to be any shot at national government, this, this thing is going to have to be opened up to some new parties. I don't know which ones but there's definitely going to have to be other parties included in here. You know, even if these two newer parties that don't have any seats at parliament get some seats, uh, you know, they're still probably going to need someone who we sh- shall we say is um, a little bit, uh, you know, someone who who is, who didn't want to attend this thing in the first place. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> I think, I think, you know, it's going to, it's going to probably have to have room for some sort of expansion if it wants to take a shot at national government or else not really go ahead. But um I don't know. Maurice,
1: any final thoughts on this? I think you're right about there can probably have to be other parties involved, but I'm sure we could uh, have a thing where we have parties who are formally part of this coalition and sign it, and then parties that are kind of like just in the orbit, and they're like, we're not formally, like maybe be in a confidence and supply kind of deal, something like that, you know. And I think we'll see parties like the ACDP uh, join in in time. You know, maybe even other parties maybe that are a bit more aligned for the ANCs, like the UDM and all that kind of thing. We might see the PA join, but who knows with them.
0: (laughs) Yeah, uh, (laughs) who knows with them. Um, I I saw they said, oh, we're willing to join this thing um, and and ditch the ANC. And it's like, uh, you Mm. know, uh, guys, you're in a coalition with the ANC currently. (laughs) Um, But I'm a little (laughs) bit surprised that the (laughs) ACDP decided not to be involved in this. And I think that's probably going to hurt them in the long run. Mm.
1: Uh, They've been a pretty solid partner mm. for anti-ANC partners. Parties since you know, since we started having coalition governments, they're one of the parties that were part of the 2006 coalition in Cape Town with the DA and so on. Yeah. And they've been solid with the DA and municipalities across South Africa. I mean, I know there's some councils who voted for the uh um ANC eff candidates in Joburg recently, but I think that was because they've been bribed or something. So <laughs> I don't know if they, we can take yeah, these, yeah, fired. Some, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so the ACDP has been pretty solid and you know, generally they support uh you know, they're they're against EWC, you know, they're pretty much pro-free market and all that kind of thing. They're a bit socially conservative compared to some of the other parties, I think, but overall, you'd think they'd be solid in this anti-NC coalition.
0: Yes, yes. Um, So anyway, we'll have to see what happens and maybe they'll join at a later date, but uh, I suspect there's some sort of detail there (coughs) I prefer our political journalists to be uh, looking at that rather than writing threads on Twitter about how oh, there aren't enough women in the
1: <laughs> Just one thing, on we uh, one thing on the ACDP. One thing on ACDP, I don't know if they did in the end, but when they announced it was going to be part of this convention, ACDP was going to attend as an observer, I believe. So is Bosa, Musi Armani's outfits. But I don't know how much, if they had any input or they just, you know, listen to discussion yeah. whatever the case was.
0: Yes. Um, and also, you know, and Zanzi should probably think about being in mm. this thing as well. Uh, <clears> if they, <throat> they want to make... Although who knows how well Bosa or Reismanzio are actually going to do when it comes time to it, um, but anyway, it's something to watch. We'll have to see whether this project oh. actually makes a meaningful difference in South Africa. But I think that you know, as far as, as well as this thing could go, this is probably about as well as it could have gone, um, considering the the difficulty of what they're trying to do. Okay, let's uh, let's move on to our next one, and this one makes me want to absolutely tear my my hair out and bash my head on the table and scream. I'm not going to do any of that. As exciting as it <laughs> would be. Um Transnet CEO fears major job losses in the trucking industry if the rail system improves. So as we've complained about many times on this show, the collapsing rail infrastructure has caused an enormous shift of cargo moving onto the roads, onto the big trucking enterprises, um, uh, as the rail is no longer able to carry so much stuff. And this has got lots of negatives. Uh, trucks often involved in accidents. The roads get damaged. Uh, trucks are slow, so they make the roads slower and more difficult to drive on. Mm. Trucks are more expensive, so they cause a rise in prices of everything, they make a loss. They cause a loss in profits for companies. They reduce tax uh, uptake. Um, but the the concern here is that uh, you know, uh, and this is a quote from from the. Uh, from I think to see translate, we have created the demand. Our failure on one hand, and the demand of the mining industry has created the trucking industry. For the ma- vast majority of truckers, they are moms and pops who, when left to work, took their pensions and bought truck because there was an opportunity. And you know, I think that's probably at least mostly true. Um, if the rail system did come back, you probably would see at least uh, until the economy grew uh, a, a reduction in the trucking industry. But we could also smash every single cell phone in the country and then have the government hire people to deliver handwritten messages from to, to whoever you want to send them. And you could do it. It would create a lot of jobs. It would be super expensive, completely unsustainable. It would rise the cost of doing business enormously and it would wreck the whole
1: economy. But, so, but Nick, <laughs> that's also a reason not to fix escom the because there's a big industry growing now of people buying inverters and solar panels and so on. Think of the, the generator, generator salesman. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> if a column, then we can destroy that industry, it's terrible. Yeah, we can't do that. yes. Yeah. In every yeah,
0: yeah. situation, there are winners and losers who can we make must, it, can we make must destroy all the horse
1: industry in South Africa,
0: exactly. But overall, you want a more efficient con- economy mm. because it reduces prices for everyone, it creates more opportunities. And if you had a proper functioning economy that could supply uh, goods to people for cheap prices. People wouldn't have to cash out their pensions to become a truck driver because they'd be able to get a solid, stable-paying job that uh, that actually helped them, you know, uh, enter the middle class. This is
2: such—it's oh. criminal, actually. Michael. You know, it's, yeah, it's, Michael, yeah. what are your thoughts on this? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I was just saying, you know, it's, it's really a criminal line of reasoning for all the reasons that that you have set out, um, and we've, you know, we, we we've had so much written in the past year uh, alone, let alone in the past decade, about the potential that we could unleash if we had decent uh, rail mobility, both for goods and, and people, uh, delivering stuff to harbors, connecting to the world, connecting to Africa. It, you know, it, it's just astonishing that somebody who actually heads up this thing can come up with this cockeyed idea and talk about moms and pops. I mean, I think that's also ter- terribly cynical. You know, to, to kind of make this personal, touchy feely. We we care about these poor little people. It's it's shocking. It's a, she ought to be wrapped very heavily on the knuckles, kicked on her shins. I think, rather than <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, it's, nice. it's just just bad. Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, just just yeah. economically illiterate is what it is. Yeah. Oh, It's uh, the same mm. as
1: during the COVID lockdowns when mm. uh, Take Lots wasn't allowed to deliver anything because um, brick and mortar stores had to be closed down. You know, it's it's, it's not fair and all this stuff. Which, okay, cool, but now you're making it more difficult for ordinary people. You know, it's the exact same thing. And I mean, <laughs> there's not much to add, I think. Michael and you have laid it out to just... It's completely silly. It's also kind of yeah. giving up responsibility. You know? There's no reason we're not going to fix it because we care, like right. Michael says. We, we yeah. care about these poor people who have to cash out their pensions. No, they, they're the ones we're worried about. You know, so Right,
0: exactly. And the, the thing is, this is very much a, a case of, and, and you see it with ESCOM too, oh, we can't fire these ESCOM workers because you know that's so important they won't be able to find jobs and other things, that sort of stuff. But by protecting that group of people, you're actually making a much larger group of people suffer.
1: Mm, uh, exactly.
0: far more. And, 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 I mean, and, uh, and, and you know, I, 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 li- I like individualism. I like, you know, in mm. prioritizing the individual. But sometimes when you're in government and you're making decisions for the collective, you have to prioritize the many over the few. And this is a perfect example of that. The rail systems are prioritizing the many over the few. I mean,
1: anybody who's traveled in Pumalanga, you know, in the last few years, or recently, for the last five years, can just see the states, not all the roads, some of the roads in Pumalanga are decent, but some of those I was driving to Baldwin's restaurants and it was like driving on the surface of the mood, you know. And you couldn't go faster than 10Ks an hour because of the state of the road. And this was a regional road. It wasn't like, you know, some Pondoki road going to Guy's far. Mm. That was a main mm. road between towns. And you had to, you couldn't drive faster than 10, 10Ks an hour because you damaged your vehicle. But trucks would come flying that, that road at 50, 60Ks an hour because obviously you've got much bigger wheels and all that kind of thing. But a little, little car. But I mean, super dangerous. And I mean, the roads are just, yeah, it was <laughs> yeah, quite something to see
0: no exactly um anyway this is this is the kind of situation we get into when this sort of zero-sum thinking dominates mm. our in our economic discussions we think oh you know we, we we're all just trying to balance the resources that are currently but, there rather than actually make our society wealthier um the
1: there's a belief that there's a finite power of resources you know and you can't grow it you can only divide what already exists you can't make it any bigger Yeah, I think that's exactly the zero something as
2: you say. Yeah, and the other thing, of course, is it's 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 crushingly patronising. You know, it's saying Mm -hmm. we've got to step in and interfere with people's lives because they can't possibly make decisions for themselves. Mm -hmm. They can't adjust to the changing society. The world is changing all the time. It's it's
0: it's, it's even worse than that. It's not. It's not. We we are not. We have to interfere. It's we're not going to do the thing that we are paid to do, which is. Fixed the damn
2: railways. <laughs> exactly. Oh, <no.
0: laughs> uh, utterly madness. Um, mm. Okay, there were a bunch of other stories uh, that you guys sent me. <laughs> I don't know if I have the willpower to talk about them after that one. Um, uh, maybe let's just talk about this one very briefly for about 90 seconds. A uh, bunch of South African journalists and NGO people being kicked out of Zimbabwe and they've got an election coming up soon, which I think uh, everyone is expecting to be filled with violence and cheating and mismanagement and all sorts of nasty stuff. Uh, the uh, former SABC chief operating officer, uh, Chris Moreling, uh, who, who works now with Good Governance Africa, um, was going to do research on stuff in Zimbabwe. After getting these documents all in order, they went to Zimbabwe. They were suddenly called to the uh, uh, Office of Immigration Officials, asked what they were doing there. Um, They explained their research objectives, they took them back to the hotel, and then they said, actually, no, you're getting kicked out of the country, bye. Mm -hmm. Um, At the same time, uh, a Daily Maverick photographer who was going to photograph the election um, had his accreditation removed and is not going to be able to legally cover it. So, I mean, this is not unexpected at all, of course, uh, but it's a grim sign of of the way I think that this election is going to be conducted in zimbabwe that yeah. there is not yeah. you, you know there was there was like i think a couple of news stories about how the police were allowing the opposition to have some yes. rallies mm. uh, which suggested <laughs> that maybe the regime was mm-hmm. slightly loosening its grip but it looks mm, very but grim, people right? have been
1: killed so mm. exactly From, uh, uh, one one issue of uh, uh to bring two of the things that i 'll have get quick in politics one thing that really annoys me more than you can believe is there was announced that zimbabwe is probably going to play a test match against england in england next year it's the first time we're going to play each other in over 20 years in a test match and the reason they haven't played each other for so long is because the british government told the english cricket board they have no relations with zimbabwe you know the government's terrible robin gabe's a horrible man you know they don't allow free political activity things are probably nearly as bad as they have ever been in zimbabwe in the past 25 years and uh, now it's fine now you guys can have uh, sporting relations here and just you know there's no rhyme or reason to it and just there's it just shows you yes. that nobody really cares about the ordinary people like cool well okay well manangagwa is probably worse than mugabe and we've seen there's there's no free, free political activity in zimbabwe people are still getting murdered for not supporting the right party but it's fine Let, let's pretend that didn't happen Let's go play a good match again
0: yes no very grim um and the world has just decided to just kind of live with it, mm-hmm. which uh, does not and Also,
1: we our, our governments Also, our government also has to bear some responsibility for this, because if in 2008, exactly. I think, if we told Robert Garby, you'd lost his election fair and square, you know, it's not, I'm not saying he definitely would have stood down, but if South Africa hadn't supported him, there's a very good chance we would have seen the NDC come into government there, and things would have been very different in Zimbabwe today. But South Africa has so some responsibility is- for what's happened in, in that country.
0: This is the point I always want to add to the immigration debate is that we, as, a, as South Africans, the South African state, rather, contributed to the destruction of Zimbabwe and the reason why so many exactly. of them feel the need to flee their country mm-hmm. and come and work here. Uh, yeah. And, a, 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 you know, a positive first step to actually reducing immigration as a country, if that's something you want to do, is help get Zimbabwe working again.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly. That's a, I think that's one that everyone could be happy with, except for PF of course. Mm-hmm. Michael, final thoughts before we close up for today.
2: Hmm. I mean, tragic comment from from uh, Mareling. He says, you know, as we stand, we're disheartened, and disappointed by the abrupt turn of events, but we cannot claim to be surprised. And this is the awful thing, isn't it? That we, none of us is really surprised that despite those early signs that maybe there was going to be a change, this is how it's going to be. I think that's one point. The other thing is, um, of course, this Brings home to us that what, so long as we still have a functioning democratic system, that we we are still so much more free and and you know able to participate in politics. This is really the time for us to get involved and and support every effort to um, to, to change our our own country. Exactly, because um, uh, who knows how long it'll last.
1: <laughs> just one final thing, i just uh, uh, I was just reminded that uh, Chris Murray Ling is of the famous. Don't touch me on my studio clip. So I wonder if you're. Uh, yes. uh, so there's other of, of goons who are trying to throw him out of the country. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, Thank yes. you very much, everyone. And we will see you next week on the Daily Frame Show. Cheers, everyone. And have a wonderful weekend.